James chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, these are God's words. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust, and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive, because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. Amen. Thus ends this reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Uh, The Lord here in his kindness to us uh, is coming from telling us about those who who should be teachers. uh, And those who should be teachers are uh, these men of peace, uh, the ones who... Uh, do their works in the meekness of wisdom, verse 13 from the last chapter, Uh, the ones who put away uh, and do not exhibit bitter envy and self-seeking, verse 14 and verse 16 from the last chapter, but especially pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, etc., over against that character that our teachers should have, and therefore that we should have, because one of the things that the scripture teaches is that when the uh, student is fully taught, he'll be like his teacher. We have examples in the Bible of those whom God has made teachers, saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Hebrews 13, verse 7, remember that we're supposed to follow the faith, of those whom the Lord has given to us to speak the word to us uh, and follow the outcome, especially knowing the outcome of your faith, of their faith to follow them. Uh, and so he gives us here kind of a diagnostic uh, question to ask whenever we are not at peace, whenever we are self-seeking, whenever we are envious, uh, and he takes uh, our attention off of the person that we're against. Well, this is the great thing that escapes our notice when we are in a quarrel or in a fight. Uh, Whenever you're in a quarrel or in in a fight, uh, you're usually focused on how bad the other person is. And you're not realizing that the bitterness and the anger and the envy and the strife in your own heart did not come from the other person. It came from your desire to control them and to control everything. And uh, we're going to see in the second place to control God. And so uh, the the first great problem is that we are self-seeking with others, or the presenting problem is that we're self-seeking with others, but the root problem is that we're self-seeking with God. So he says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war within your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet 
and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Uh, and so in the, uh, in the heart is the remaining fleshliness of uh, living according to our desire. And living according to our desire, uh, when we make our desire the thing that is great to us, God is no longer great to us. And if God is no longer great to us, then the one who is made in his image is no longer special for being made in his image. And so what happens is the flesh takes its desire and puts it in the place of God. And we're really going to come to that uh, in in the second place. But one of the symptoms uh, of putting our desire in the place of God is that every other person then becomes a uh, potential hindrance potential obstacle uh, to my desire. Uh, And that's where the fighting and the quarreling comes from. That's what makes me willing to be murderous in my heart uh, is because I'm coveting and I'm unable to obtain. So eliminating them as an obstacle to my desire, whatever that desire is, to get to have what I want, to get to do what I want, to get to feel uh, whatever pleasure uh, it is that I want, uh, to have the praise or esteem that I want, to have the status in the house or in the community or in the church that I want, uh, or simply just to do whatever I will. Notice the I, 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 I there. Uh, and uh, since I covet and I cannot obtain there an obstacle to my obtaining, then I fight and I war. And so whenever you are in a quarrel, in a fight, uh, and this is especially when you feel in your heart the, the quarreling, the animosity, you know, sometimes we'll maybe even talk to ourselves about how awful somebody else is. We need to watch out because that bitterness in the heart, that hostility in the heart, is coming from uh, having put a desire of ours or having put our own desire in a place that belongs to God. And so first he deals with uh, self-seeking in relation to others, but quickly, and you can hear why, because of the idolatry that uh, is exposed by our self-seeking when it comes to others. Uh, Quickly he Uh, connects that to our self-seeking when it comes to God. Uh, Even at the end of verse 2, he's already making that transition. (coughs) Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Uh, And this is already beginning to remind us, uh, your desire is not God. God is God. uh, And you are supposed to desire uh, whatever you learn from him, whatever is according to, uh, to him, a good thing to desire. Uh, that doesn't mean that you don't desire things like a good name, which he says are better than riches, uh, and is to be uh, enjoyed as a gift from God and employed in the service of God. Just like if you have the less valuable stuff, riches, those are to be enjoyed as a gift from God and employed in the service of God. But this enjoyed and employed... Uh, aspect to whatever is the object of our 
desires comes when God is God. And not the des- and the desire isn't God. When a desire is God, that's usually when we refer to it as a lust. Although the word in the Greek is the same. Uh, but whenever we're talking about a desire that is out of proportion, out of place, doesn't have God above it and God driving it, uh, then it is appropriate that we refer to that uh, as a lust. Now, there's a uh, uh, reason. I was going to say a good reason, but that's a moral judgment. This is very not good. There is a reason that they have and do not ask. Uh, And it's double one. They tried asking and they didn't receive. But the other, they're embarrassed to ask. You ask and do not receive, verse 3, because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So now the desire uh, is uh, uh, is not just something that other people become a means to obtaining, and we treat them not as in the image of God, but as in the service of our desire. But now God himself becomes in the service of our desire. Can't we see how perverted, how uh, corrupt such praying is? That we come to God not asking that we might see his goodness and, and his good gifts and he might be glorified, that we might enjoy it as a gift from him and employ it in service to him. But asking him to be the servant, the mechanism, maybe the magic, uh, is, uh, is the grievously true and wicked word that properly describes it, the magic by which we obtain the thing that we desire. Please do not treat God that way. Seek grace from him that you would treat him as your God and that you would want all of the good things, all of the right things that that he teaches us in his word to desire as a way by which to enjoy him himself so that even if you don't get the thing, you still have him whom you can enjoy in whatever better things he does give you. Express your desire to him uh, for those right and good things that you will employ in service to him. Not in service to yourself, not in service to your own honor. Although you seek from God that he would give you favor and give you a good name. But don't we know from scripture that uh, quite often if you do what is good, others will despise you for it. And that gives you a good name before God, doesn't it? And as a gift from him. So he says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. And God give us grace that we would have right hearts with which to pray. That even his giving us to come and pray in Jesus name would make us be doubly careful, extra careful about what we pray. Jesus has given us his name by which to come ask. Oh, let us only Ask with the sort of desire, uh, with, for the sort of thing that we would not be embarrassed to have used Jesus's name to ask for it. It's exactly the opposite how many think of the, in Jesus name in our praying. It's not some, uh, some blank check that we can write whatever request we want on it and uh, if we request it that way, uh, if we use the magic words, then God will serve us. And, and whatever our uh, our worldly and 
uh, and fleshly desire was, then we're not just mistreating God, we're blaspheming Jesus who gave us his name to bring our requests through, through which to bring our requests. Uh, but Jesus has given us his name through which to bring requests, which means we can ask for the great things that are worthy of Jesus. Uh, and even that shapes how we pray or should shape how we pray. And maybe you'll get through an entire prayer and you'll get to the end and you'll stay in Jesus' name. And immediately the Spirit will come and say, is that really what you want to ask in Jesus' name? Or maybe, is that really all that you want to ask in Jesus' name? Well, you don't have to end your prayer. You can thank God for the uh, for the uh, active correction of uh, of his spirit and uh, and try again and add to your prayer the adoration that ought to come in Jesus' name and the sorts of things that you should ask in Jesus' name. Because it's one thing to be self-seeking with man and end up in fights and quarrels and having uh, that among us. Uh, how much more dreadful if we are self-seeking with God. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? And this isn't like if you're nice to unbelievers. Uh, this is desiring fleshly things, earthly things, and seeing God only as uh, a means by which, uh, or not only as seeing God at all, as a means by which you may obtain your desires. He says, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Uh, and so uh, this this occurs both uh, in our praying, like verse 3 describes, and it often occurs even in our prayerlessness, our thoughtlessness of God, our hearts and minds being aflame with all of the other things that we desire. When we're actually created to be and redeemed to be, those whose hearts and minds are aflame with how we desire God and how we're so grateful that he desired us. And there's this mutual affection and this mutual delight that is des the design of all of God's redemption. You know, it's dreadful when a husband or a wife on earth commit adultery uh, against one another. You know, they had made those vows. They had entered into that marriage. They wanted to be, uh, or were intended to be, promised to be at very least. They were promised to be uh, one another's, one another's mutual comfort and pleasure, companion, uh, one flesh, uh, one shared life together, as long as they both should live, uh, and then uh, one or the other or both. Uh, their hearts are full of somebody else. Uh, and that adultery is uh, is dreadful. How much worse, though, if God created us out of love for us and redeemed us out of love for us, desire to have us as his very own, desire to give himself as our very own, 
so that he gives us wonderful covenant promises. Um, I will be your God and you will be my people. Uh, and the expression of the affection uh, of that in the Song of Songs, I am my beloved's and he is mine and his banner over me is love. But what a broken thing is a Christian who professes Christ with his lips and he has that vow and he's made those promises and yet what his heart is full of is earthly things. The good that God enables him to do, the good that God enables him to have, he's not enjoying it as a gift from his beloved. He's not employing it in service to his beloved. No, he's enjoying the thing in itself and he's serving the thing in itself or serving himself by use of the thing. That's adultery against God, isn't it? And so uh, if you take verses uh, 1 through 4 together, or 1 through 5 together, uh, again, he uses the language of jealousy, which is language of marriage in verse 5, reminding us how much God desires and delights in those whom he has redeemed in Jesus. Why would God give Jesus to die for you? Sophia, why would God give Jesus to die for you? Because he loves you and he wants you to be his and he wants to be yours. And he is jealous for that with the proper jealousy of a husband. Well, it's dreadful when we're adulterous against God and we make him uh, our enemy, uh, as the end of verse 4 says. And so let us be uh, let us be careful. Let us watch out uh, when uh, our hearts are full of the bitterness and envy uh, and our mouths uh, are full of the quarreling and the fighting uh, because that is a warning sign. That is a warning sign that we have put a desire in the place of God uh, and we are acting as adulterers or adulteresses and making ourselves God's enemy. Oh, may the Holy Spirit not let us set our desires in that place, but give us instead uh, to know and to love uh, the Lord as our God, as our desire uh, to enjoy every good thing he gives us, every uh, to ask for whatever good things uh, his word uh, instructs us are proper, uh, things to ask for, permissible things to ask for, uh, that we might enjoy him in it and that we might uh, employ it in his service. Amen. Let's pray. Father, forgive us uh, and thank you that uh, when we are acting this way towards you, your response has been to give us your fatherly instruction in your word. Uh, that your same spirit who communicates to us your love and uh, your jealousy for us has given us these words to correct us and instruct us, grant that his ministry would continue, that your word would penetrate and permeate our hearts. Pray, Lord, that you would grant to us a time uh, but at which we might Meditate with profit upon these five verses, 
so that our heart and mind to you may be uh, well-shaped with you as our great desire and delight. Thank you for creating and redeeming us for this purpose. Bring it uh, to its fulfillment, we pray, by the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, in whose name we ask it. Amen.